Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Closing in on the win. The give to Bowie. The three. Not enough. And Illinois overcomes their largest deficit of the season. Down 18 at the break to get the 66-62 win. Knocking off the Northwestern Wildcats. That was a hell of a basketball game. I am glad that I made time for it, that I I turned away from a pretty good Memphis Grizzlies-Philadelphia 76ers game to to tune in that one and was rewarded for it. The man who called it a Big Ten Network, Kevin Kugler, joins us now. He is on Twitter at Kevin Kugler, and he's on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Kevin, what's up? It was a great game. You're right. You were rewarded with that last night. That was a dandy, great atmosphere as it ha- as it warmed up in the second half. They kind of took the Illini fans out in the first half with the performance from Northwestern, but that was a really fun game to be at. Yes, Kevin. That was one of the things I wanted to ask you about. It was looking like it was going to, to blow out town. And and then, you know, the, the first few minutes of the second half, Northwestern didn't shoot well. When did you feel like the energy of the building say, hey, I got to I got to ratchet it up because now we got ourselves a game? Yeah, right under the 10 minute mark, because, you know, until that point, every time Illinois had made a little push, Northwestern had had an answer and including that first push to start the second half, then Northwestern had another answer, extended it out to double digits again. And then when Illinois finally got it back to single digits for the last time, the crowd started to awaken. And then you recognize, okay, this game is probably not going to just be one of those situations where we go back and forth for a while. This is going to be one that comes down to the wire. And it did. It was, but it was that crowd that came alive. And, and you got to give Terrence Shannon a ton of credit for that, for the Illini, because he didn't get anything done in the first half coming back from concussion. Looked like he got his legs under him in the second half and really took that game over. Well, what I found really interesting from a tactical perspective was what Brad Underwood didn't do in the second half. Because I think I've learned that if I'm playing against Northwestern and I have guys who are borderline pros, who are who just have individual talent... I think passing less, it sounds counterintuitive and antithetical to the game, but the more stuff you run against Northwestern, the more you give them to disrupt. You, if, you, if you're moving the ball around and they're trapping and they're deflecting, if you just have a guy who can take his guy, 
don't let them do their stuff and let your your superior athleticism rise to the top. And that's to me what happened in the second half because I thought Underwood got 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 outcoached significantly in the first half. Well, and, and one of the things that hurt him in the first half was they couldn't hit shots. So you've got guys who had some good looks from three. Matthew Meyer couldn't hit anything in the first half. But outside of Terrence Shannon, I, and I think to your point, it's, it's not necessarily letting them play hero ball, but it is letting those guys exploit their athleticism from a Terrence Shannon standpoint and also from a sincere Harris standpoint. I, I think when you look at what he was able to do defensively on Boo Booey, who had a remarkable first half, it's not like he had a bad second half, but sincere Harris really locked him down the last 12 minutes of the game. And without Boo Booey, nobody else was able to get anything going for Northwestern offensively. I'm sure if you talked in a candid moment to Northwestern coaches, they'd say if we'd have just had a second guy like we usually do, like a Chase Audige or somebody else who's able to add to the scoring punch, they're in better shape as they leave Champaign last night. But Sincere Harris took Boo Booey out with his athleticism and his one-on-one play, and that really changed the game in the second half. It was fascinating. You guys were talking about it on the broadcast. The, the, the Northwestern backcourt, I mean, I know they lost the game, but they've had such an incredible season uh, can you run it back for for our audience on what you guys think of those two guys, Adij and and Boo Booey, and how they might be the best backcourt in the Big Ten? Well, yeah, it, it's interesting because Robbie and I were doing a game I don't know a week or two ago, and somebody said to us, "Oh, that's the that's the best backcourt tandem in the Big Ten this year." And we kind of looked at each other and we said, ah, "I don't know if that's the case." So we started doing what anybody who's a fan of the game does: you start going through every single roster. It's like, all right. What about this guy? What about this guy? And you go through the Big Ten, and you can always you can find great guards. You know, you can go to Maryland and find Jameer Young. You can find a great guard and say, okay, there's a great guard. But is the tandem in the backcourt as good as what you have with Boo Booey and Chase Audige combined over the course of the season? And it's not. There, there is not another tandem like that in the Big Ten Conference this year. It's one of the big reasons why Northwestern is going to go to the NCAA tournament for the second, for the second time in school history is because they have the best backcourt tandem in the Big Ten Conference, but it doesn't ever feel like it until you go through the rest of the rosters because we watch a lot of Big Ten basketball, and both Robbie and I were like, no, that can't be the case. And then you go through each roster, and you're like, yeah, at the end of it, you've convinced yourself that it is indeed the case. That's the best backcourt duo on any team in the conference. This NCAA tournament that you mentioned could be kind of wild because – I'm really not sure who's good. I keep changing my mind. I get something in my head, and then I watch him like, yeah, mm, uh, uh. Th- this could be really wacky this year. There's, there's not an elite team, in my opinion, in the, in the entirety of college basketball. There are a lot of really good teams. Kansas, a good team. Purdue, a really good team. Indiana, on certain nights, can be a really good team. Creighton, Marquette, UConn can be really good teams well, out of the Big East. But on some nights, they can look terrible as well. And I think that's what you're going to see in the NCAA tournament. It's, we always talk about tournament matchups as the big thing. Well, what's the matchup? What's the, I, I think this year, matchups and pairings are going to matter more than any other tournament we've seen in recent history. Because if you get a wrong matchup, even a really good team can look really bad. How important is a, a now seemingly healthy Terrence Shannon Jr. for Illinois if they want to make noise? Critical. Uh, look, I, this, this Illini team has been a puzzler. I, I'm sure it has for Illini fans this year, too. Because I look at their roster, and they're as talented as any team 
that you'll see in college basketball this year. They have a little bit of everything. They have size. They have flexibility with their post. But Terrence Shannon is the difference maker because he's the guy that everything starts with. He can distribute the ball. He can rebound the basketball. He can defend. He gets to the line better than almost anybody in the Big Ten Conference. He can score with anybody in the league. He has to be healthy and playing at his best. When he is, Illinois can beat any single team in college basketball. And, and I think it was Robbie that said it last night. I know, I know he and I have had this conversation, so I don't think I'm sharing things out of school, even if it wasn't on air. But it wouldn't surprise you to see Illinois go all the way to the Final Four, and it wouldn't surprise you to see Illinois lose in the first round. It, 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 this is one of those teams that you look at and say, man, they could do a lot, or they could do absolutely nothing. But Terrence Shannon is such a key to them doing a lot. He's got to be ready to go, and I think that second half should be really encouraging. Who are the best NBA prospects you've seen this year? It's so interesting because I spent a lot of time in the Big Ten. I spent a lot of time in the Big East, and the NBA prospects are not necessarily in those leagues from the standpoint of their stars. Who are the stars in the Big Ten? Trace Jackson Davis, Zach Eady, two posts that you don't have any idea what they're going to do at the next level. Those are your two best players night in and night out in the Big Ten Conference. You go to the Big East, Adama Sonogo at at, uh, UConn, fantastic player. Ryan Kalkbrenner, post player, defensive player, not a great shooter on the outside. it's, It's a weird year in college basketball in that two of the best leagues don't really have the guys that stand out and say, well, that's a surefire NBA guy. You knew Io was a surefire NBA guy last year. You knew Jaden Ivey was an NBA guy last year when you watched those guys play in the Big Ten Conference. There, there's not those guys that jump off because the best players this year in these leagues reside in the post, but they're not necessarily what the post has become in the NBA. So what about Chris Murray of Iowa? A lot of people love him. See, and I, and I, am, I am a fan but I do worry about the consistency level of Chris Murray. I saw him Wednesday night at Wisconsin, and he got into foul trouble early, not necessarily his issue but because he, he's not normally a foul-prone guy. But sometimes there's just not the aggressiveness that I would like to see from a really, really talented player. If he's more aggressive at times, that's when he's at his best. His shot is so pretty that if he can get that thing going, and I sometimes think he – almost defers too much once in a while. I'd love to see him be a little bit more aggressive. We've seen him at home more aggressive than we have on the road. I'd like to see all of that round together. I like his, I like his game. I just want to see that elevate a little bit to get to that next level. Kevin, you, you do games with Robbie. He is the patron saint for, man, that guy is still playing there. So so I'm wondering, of, of all the teams that you've seen this year, is there a guy where you're like, wait a minute, I, that guy was here in the Obama administration. How is he still playing college basketball? I mean, look, this, this is there's, there's a couple of guys at Penn State that are on. Michael Head is on his sixth team in college basketball. What? And, what? Uh, you've, you've got guys who are just who have spent a lot of time on the transfer portal, making their way around. Um, I, I, have, I have daughters. There are players on these teams that are – my daughters, one is a graduate of college, one is in, in college right now. There are several players on these teams who are in college still that are older than my oldest daughter by three or four years because they've been able to bounce around the world of college basketball. And we're going to see this in the next couple of years because everybody's still got their COVID year to play with. So right. these guys are going to bounce around. You've got your COVID year to play with. I mean – you look at Northwestern, there's a lot of guys who are listed as seniors 
that could be right back on that roster next year. And, I, and I'm telling you, if Boo Booey and Chase Audiz are back in a Northwestern uniform next year, that's going to be the answer to your question when you ask me that next year. Who's the guy you've seen around since the Obama administration? It's going to be Boo Booey and Chase Audiz. They're close right now, but those are going to be the guys that get named next year if they're back in a Northwestern uniform. And selfishly, I hope they are because it's fun to watch them play. Oh, that's so great. Does Robbie ever get bent when people talk about that? Because, I mean, look, obviously, like, he's a great player, and we're all looking for the, the Robbie Hummel statue and all that good stuff. But but does he ever get upset when people bring up that it seemed like he was at Purdue for forever? No, and and you know what he doesn't. Robbie is one of the best people I know. He's so good natured, and you know, and I'm sure he would say, "I'd love to have another year. Give me another year of eligibility." It didn't end the way I wanted it to. I'll take another. And look, the Big Ten Network. We're all about guys who had longevity in their college careers. Not only Robbie Hummel. But Jeff Settles, Iowa yes. fans will know. Jeff Settles played 47 years in an Iowa basketball <laughs> uniform. And this was before COVID and before the transfer portal. So if you had a really long – I don't know how Stephen Bardo has made the cut at, at, with, the, with his short, relatively career at Illinois compared to those of Robbie and Jeff Settles because those two guys, they, uh, they, they stretched it out, shall we say, in the college ranks. And I'm telling you, Robbie would say, I'll take another year of that, and I'd love to go back one more year to Purdue and play again. Robbie, Jess, Evan Eschmeyer. Oh, there you go. Evan Eschmeyer. And the, <laughs> see, the, for me, for us, for us old heads, it was Ricky Blanton at LSU. And if you look at his Wikipedia page, it, it says Ricky Blanton College, LSU, 1984 to 1989. <laughs> <laughs> Those so, guys are usually called doctors when they go that long to school. Right? Lovely guy, and uh, was was a uh, Ricky was a he just he liked LSU. He I did. mean, he just he he liked it there, so he was there for six years. Kevin, are you happy with the upgrades that the Cubs have made this off season? I I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, you know, and and that's I think the best you can say as a Cub fan is that you're cautiously optimistic by things that happen. They they made some moves. I think their middle defense is going to be very good. It should be. I. I'm hopeful that, you know, some guys will hit a little more than some guys have hit in recent years, and we'll see if we can uh, find a little offense uh, on the north side this summer. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously up to I like what they're doing defensively. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see if that, if that shapes up uh, to compete. I, I still think the Central is the Cardinals to lose right now. And then after that, it's, you know, it's a toss-up. I mean, not that it matters for second place unless you're competing for that second wild card, and I don't know that that's going to come out of the Central. But it's at least something – for a Cub fan to say, hey, they did something. This is fun. They, that's a guy I recognize. I know his name, and they signed him to a big deal. That's exciting. Uh, so, you know, progress is being made. I think, that's, I, think that's a, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I usually don't put too much weight on the start of a season or, like, the first 25 games. But this is one of those cases where if they get a little something going and heading into the deadline, this has got a potential to, you know, just, just depending on, on how the chips fall and they want, to, they want to add when it matters, there might be a little, a little spark possibly. Well, I mean, I would assume that after opening day, whether they win or lose, we'll all be either ready to jump off a cliff or jump right on the bandwagon all the way to another World Series. That's usually how it feels about early April. It's like, wow, my gosh, they won a game. Great. We're going all the way. Here we go. 162-0. and That's what's happening with the Cubs this year. Or they lose the first game, and we all realize that it's time to just sell everybody off on April 3rd and try to rebuild once again. Spoken like a true baseball fan. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Kevin, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Always good to talk with you guys. Thanks for having me on. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.